Welcome to the First Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tad Good. If this is your first time listening to First Time Podcasts, let me explain. Um, Usually I just sort of introduce something to the guest, whether it's a movie, TV show, anything, you know, food, um, an experience in general that they haven't tried before. They try it and we talk about it. That's sort of, you know, the, the main theme of this show. And tonight's guest is a friend of mine all the way from Minnesota. It's Michael Rowland. How you doing, Mike? Howdy, Tad. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Um, I'm excited for tonight's topic. And every time I record, I'm sort of like I, I build up to the topic as if the guest or the listeners don't know what we're going to talk about. Then I remember that it's going to be right in the title and I'm going to be promoting it. <laughs> yeah. So it's sort of dumb to lead into that, like like it's some kind of big giveaway. Well, with the title of this episode, I feel like you might you might know the title of the movie and stuff, but I don't think you have any idea what you're in for. Um because the title is so, I don't know, it's nondescript in a way. And there's technically two titles to this movie. Right. I noticed that in the opening credits, and I, I thought maybe I was having a, a, a Mandela effect moment, where I'm like, wait, was it always this title? <laughs> right, yeah. So I will just go ahead and say tonight we're talking about Tammy and the T-Rex. Everything in Tammy's life is just great. But when you're young and in love, life can get very complicated, especially when it involves an insanely jealous creep. That's my lady, all right? Late night phone calls. I want you to come over. Yes! Sneaking around in your own house. Did you lock the door? Don't worry. Your boyfriend getting dumped in a wild animal park. And a crazy doctor. Well, that's it. Who turns out to be a mad scientist. And if you're going to make an omelet, you have to break a few eggs, right? (laughs) With an insane invention that only needs a brain. But this Tyrannosaurus Rex just wants to be a party animal. Tell the truth. Nobody believes it anymore. It was a dinosaur. What? It's more than a machine with a brain. I mean, it's a machine with feelings. We're on the brink of something special. Ah! We are going to be immortalized. Is that really you in there? Oh, Michael, what have they done to you? Oh, you poor thing. You gone crazy. Byron, I am not going crazy. This is just a little hard to explain. anything to say about it. Tammy and the T-Rex. And so what we're talking about right before this, like this movie, it has two titles because when you watch it and I assume this is just the gore cut. We're talking about the gore cut tonight is what they call it. And I assume that the Tanny and the teenage T-Rex title is only on the gore cut. I imagine that the 
I, I would hope that the actual theatrical release, Tammy and the T-Rex, actually has the right title. But I've, <laughs> yeah. I've, never, I've never seen the PG-13 version of you. No, no. I, um, I only heard about this movie, um, I'd say like a year or two ago. Uh, Red Letter Media did a, um, an overview about it, I guess you would call it, or a review. And they mentioned at the time that the, the gore cut was um, a cult, cult classic or a cult treasure. Um, and I, I never got around to watching it until Shudder put it on their uh, streaming service. Yeah. And so from what I understand that the Tammy and a T-Rex obviously was the one that came out in the U S and it was obviously a pretty big bomb. Cause it's weird as hell. And then <laughs> vinegar syndrome. I mean, I guess this was sort of like a legend in the horror circles. I had not even heard about this until the gore cut came out. But this Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex gore cut was out there somewhere, like in another country, maybe it was released with some of the gore footage or they, they found the original, you know, print of this movie somehow, uh, Vinegar Syndrome did. And they sort of did several festivals and, you know, they restored it. It's, you can actually get it in 4K, which is almost a complete waste of 4K. <laughs> but they they put it out in some of these fun horror or um, genre festivals. And I was hearing from friends who saw it in Chicago at the music box theater and different festivals around that this thing was just insane. And this is sort of my MO. Like everybody knows I love crazy bad movies. And so I had to seek it out. And luckily because I book movies at the Capitol, I get screeners of movies, you know, that we can book. And so the uh, American genre film association, they sent me a link to watch this right when it was sort of hitting theater. So I was able to watch it. Um, I knew it was a little, I don't know. It was a little crazy for our theater. Um, I, every time I try to push one of these types of movies to the general public in small town, Iowa, it usually falls on its face. Yeah. So I, uh, I actually played it in a double feature for my birthday last year with, uh, Ricky. O, the story of Ricky. And, that was a fun zany double feature, but I think people were just blown away. This was the first one I showed and um, people just could not believe what they're watching, which I couldn't believe it the first time I watched it. Yeah. Same here. It's a, uh, it's an insane movie. Well, it's by the director of uh, Mac and me. So if, if yeah. any of your listeners have seen Mac and me, it's uh, yeah, that's a good little hint of what's to come, I guess. Yeah, and if I hadn't realized, like, I wish I would have sort of realized that the same director did those two when I showed it at my at my uh, double feature at the Capitol for my birthday, because I would have showed those two together. Like, that would be a fun <laughs> night. Yeah, Imi- uh, that- imitation, imitation E.T. and imitation. Well, I don't even know if this is an imitation of Jurassic Park necessarily, but it's definitely it- inspired by the dinosaur craze. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, definitely someone, you know that was a big reason that they decided to make this movie, but I will put this out there right now. This is not something I actually recommended to you. You had actually seen it, but you had mentioned like, I think you messaged me. You were like, Hey, have you seen this movie? I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. I I just, I saw it. And um, I mean, this is the first time, you know, for sort of both of us within the last year. So I'm sort of cheating on the title of the the podcast because neither of us recommended this for each other. And we have rewatched it since the first time, but Um, I feel like this is a movie that you could watch 20 times in a row and you would still be baffled as if it's the first time. Oh yeah. I, uh, I have just as many questions, if not more after watching it for a second time. And, um, 
it's my it's my second time watching it. The first time I watched it was like right at the height of, um, uh, you know, when, when things were getting crazy with the coronavirus in March when we were just starting okay. to lock everything down. So I I am glad I watched it then because it took my mind off of uh, the the real world and I I got to live in a world where a boy could inhabit a uh, an animat- animatronic T Rex and uh, yeah. get his girlfriend back. Yeah, I I can say my only knowledge of this movie before, and I did not know what it was. I remember seeing a clip on Attack of the Show with the clip where he picks up the phone and then checks for change in the payphone after he <laughs> he calls Tammy. Um, I, I remember yeah. they used to play that clip on Attack of the Show as like sort of like what Paul Rudd does with Mac and me every time he's at Conan. They would just put this clip in randomly and everybody would laugh and then they would never tell you what it was from. And I just never really bothered to do the research. And then when I saw it, when I was watching this movie, I'm like, oh shit, that's where this is from. So yeah, it's it, what's fun about it is with Mac and me, it feels like they tried to make a, you know, clearly they made an ET ripoff with tons of product placement and, yeah. but they tried to make an actual good movie. This one feels like they knew what they were. They, they knew that they were not going to end up with a fantastic movie. So they just had fun with it. Obviously a lot of it's tongue in cheek and it's not intentionally. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's knowing that some of this stuff is, is supposed to be funny and dumb. Like it has a sense of humor to it where with Mac and me, it's, it's not intended to be so bad. It's good where this is just, they, they know what they're doing. Now it's interesting you say that because usually I'm not a fan of, you know, bad movies that know they're bad. Um, I'm not, I'm not a fan of like people sort of winking at the audience and going, isn't this silly, but for whatever reason, for whatever reason, this works. Um, I think it's it could be because like the concept is so ludicrous, or maybe that the the attempts at humor, like they're they are trying to be funny, but the attempts at humor are sort of uh, Wizzo esque. Like, how is this funny? Like, what's the, what's the point of this joke? You know, um, like I don't know. I hate to yeah. compare it to the room, but that's what it reminds me of sometimes. No, I get it. Like, some of the humor is is actually funny, and some of it is so like what the fuck that it's funny. And I think some of the moments that they thought they went for actual genuine humor are not funny in the way that they're supposed to be like right at the beginning when they have that fight and they grab each other's crotches, like in the nineties, that probably was, you know, there was a lot of like smashing balls in the nineties. That was a funny thing. Um, You know, America's Funniest Home Videos had like 20 minutes of ball smashes every episode. And they thought that was incredibly funny to have two dudes tugging at each other's crotch. And now it's just like uncomfortable, but it's, <laughs> it's funny because somebody thought that was funny. And yeah. so it's so bad for, for me. That scene is so weird because why would the guy not notice that he was grabbing a cup? Right. I, yeah. I, D- does he think he just has like a hard plastic <laughs> unit? I don't know. He's yeah. Never touched a dick before. I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. Even my own. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. So people who haven't seen this, I don't know why you'd listen to this if you hadn't, but I never this... know why people would do that, but right. Sure, and someone will. Yeah, I've had a few people actually. I've only released two episodes at the time of this recording. I had people that were like they listened to uh the Death Wish episode and they're like, "Now I want to watch Death Wish 1 and 2." And I'm like, "Why did you listen if you haven't seen them? You know, I've told you every detail of the movie, but you know, I guess um, people would listen if they think they don't have an interest in something and suddenly they do. And this, this one is absolutely like, it's not something you would listen to. It, it There's not a whole lot of 
we can't even explain it. Like we we can tell you exactly what's happening, but until you see it on a screen, you're not going to at all uh, experience. It's an experience. You have to see it yourself. It's like trying to describe a color, trying to describe a color from out of space. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You'll never know until you see it. Right. And so the movie starts, like I said, right away. It it tells us the wrong title, Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex, which, like I said, the first time I played it, I was like, how in the hell did somebody screw it up that bad? Because (laughs) in the whole movie, the dialogue you know, and they do, they have to do the credits after the movie. So did somebody just mishear it? Like, how did they, how does that even happen? And it made it to a print of the movie. It's unreal. And I thought it was maybe a bad font. Like I thought maybe the font had M's that looked like N's. Right. Uh, But there were definitely M's. Like one of the characters is named Michael and they don't spell it Nichol. It's right. Yeah. So (laughs) she's listed as Tanny in the, in the after credits too. Yeah. Someone really goofed. I don't know if maybe it's a, Maybe it's a name in, uh, like, I don't know. Where did you say the print was from? We don't know. I don't know where physically they found it. I know Vinegar Syndrome was the one that somehow sought it out. And I it might be, you know, played from an... It might be the cut that went to another country, so it was a language barrier. But, yeah, like, everywhere I'm reading, they're like, you know, uh, this was the original working title. And I'm like, but they say Tammy the entire movie a hundred times. Do they, so, though? <laughs> We're going to yeah. have to re-listen. Uh, we're going to gaslight each other into thinking that it's Tanny. <laughs> right. It's going to uh, be like a Bernstein Bears thing, you know? Yeah, the Mandela effect. Um, exactly. I think that my theory would be, if let's just pretend that you didn't just say that people said it was the original working title. My, my theory would be that they found a really good print for like uh, Norway or something. And maybe the name Tanny is uh, a common name there. But then it they could took be. The, they took the American audio and synced it up to that print. Now that's, that's my pet theory. Obviously you, you said that it was a working title. So, uh, but I, I think that like that working title thing is just like someone's assumption. Like, okay. I don't, I don't know if anybody really has much information. I imagine the vinegar syndrome Blu-ray has some kind of commentary on it, but I don't know if the director's willing to speak about it. I know some of the actors have come forward and sort of talked about it a little bit, but the movie speaks for itself and you know, I, I would love to, a documentary on this thing. Like how the hell is this made? But me too. Um, I need to, I, I sort of now want to watch the, the PG 13 cut just to see what that they decided to make this, um, a family film. Cause it's the tone of this is so strange. Yeah. It goes from being funny to blood squirting, but they, they laugh at it too. It's like a, like it's like a itchy and scratchy or something. Like it's just, it's really bizarre. The, yeah. the reason why I think it's bizarre is like I, I've definitely watched movies that treat horror uh, or I should say treat gore as like kind of not something too serious. But with this movie, a lot of the character acting is very childish. It seems like something out of a straight to video movie from, again, the 90s. Um, but then the gore is way too fucking ridiculously over the top for like a kid. But I can't imagine an adult enjoying this movie. Like I, I can only imagine a kid like enjoying the idea of a, um, an animatronic T-Rex um, going to a party, but then he kills people viciously and their intestines come out. Anyway, sorry, we're getting ahead of the, the intro of the movie. You were, you were just talking about the intro, but it's so hard not to like dive into the utter ludicrousness of that is this film. 
once it gets right. Over. And and that's and that's okay. We, you know, I don't need to go in a linear line and explain the okay. entire thing. But um, yeah. it's just uh, from what I understood, they hired John Carl Beekler, who's one of the most respected like horror effects guys. He directed Friday Thirteenth Part Seven: The New Blood. He's done a lot of um effects for a lot of great horror movies i think his other movie he directed was the first troll not the troll 2 but the first troll got it and um i don't know it just seemed like they hired one of the guys that does the best practical effects at the time to do these insane gore scenes you know and like you said there's fallen intestines there's brains popping out there's lots of blood and guts it's really cool like the the gore effects on this are incredible and Then, you know, obviously the studio saw this cut and was like, we can't release this. This was meant to be a funny kids movie. Like, get rid of all this. Where was the miscommunication? I don't know if it was because they rushed to get it filmed. I just don't know. It seems like two different people were were making this movie. It's like, it's, it's so strange. That's That's the thing is like, there's this cognitive dissonance where it's like, this is something that like, a premise that like is a, is a kid's movie. Like, I mean, but then at the same time, there's homophobic jokes. There's um, Denise Richards is being objectified constantly. Um, I don't know their character's name, Tammy. Why would I? Oh my God. I forgot her name. And it's the title. It's, of the damn it's, movie. it's, it's Tanny. Tanny. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's, I just don't know who, what, who this movie was made for. Cause it's clearly yeah. not for kids. But then I don't know what self-respecting adult. Obviously, we aren't self-respecting adults. Right. Uh, would watch this. I. It's it's just it's hard to believe that this movie is real. I guess the PG thirteen cut would answer some of our questions, like, um, wh- who is this movie for? But well, even even if you cut out the gore stuff, there's still like you said, like the, the yeah. crotch scene. There's a lot of homophobic stuff. Um, there's that, I mean, even the ending where she's like in, in lingerie dancing, like, yeah, that's they, like it, my main thing where it's like, what the heck <laughs> it's, and she's a high schooler. Right. So, right. Yeah. Why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. And it sort of makes me think of like Andre Gower talked about with the, the flop of the monster squad. And he said, um, it was too adult for like fa- like kids who watch the Goonies because they say they have a lot of swearing and um, they talk about virgins and there's, it's it's scary it has mo- real monsters in it but it was too juvenile for adults so it was sort of this very small audience and they didn't realize that till they released it and it was like you know what do we do with this who do who are we pushing this to and this is like that to the extreme where it's like there, it's for nobody really but. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a strange thing, but uh, we we meet Tammy in this awful you know ninety scene where she's I guess at dance practice at the school. She's dancing to some awful dinosaur song. They couldn't even get like the uh, everybody walk the dinosaur song. They, it's like they yeah. couldn't afford that one. So there's some really cheesy nineties bad dinosaur music, um, and this is where you know we meet. Uh, Paul Walker's character, Michael, and she's clearly dating him. She introduces him to her very stereotypical gay black friend, Byron, who to me is like the funniest thing of this movie. He's this, this actor is killing it. Like he is a ham and he is stealing every scene he's in. He's great. And honestly, I think he's the best character in the movie too. I think they give him a little bit of depth where he's like, she made a mistake. Everyone does. You know, there's, there's some, he seems wiser than, you know, his silliness would imply. 
Right, and he's like a really good friend to her and everybody. He's he's trying. He he feels sympathy for everybody. Like he's the yeah. only, almost the only likable character. I mean, Tammy's Tammy's likable too, but it's like, I don't know. It's just like you said, uh, paper thin. She's right, paper thin. absolutely. Not- She's just there as like the female who the damsel in distress, really. Yeah. Um, no, I I love your point about him being a good friend because he really is. That's what I noticed on the second watch was like he never judges her for her decisions. He he likes um, he wants her to be happy, um, and he never feels like I don't know. He he's just supportive, and he's supportive of Michael too. And he's there for he's there for um, Tammy throughout the whole movie. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, and it's too bad. Like he's like I said earlier, is like he. They they fit him in every stereotype. He he has to fit several. I mean, he fits the one black guy in the movie. He fits the one gay character in the movie, and they ramp it up to extremes. But um, he has some genuinely funny mo- some funny moments in this movie, and uh, he makes this one fun. I say, like I, I he, agree, the actor yeah. did a great job, and I'm really glad that they um, didn't do anything predatory with him because in the '90s that that was huge. You know, the predatory homosexual character, right. Uh, I really, um, the thing that pisses me off with the movie is there's so many jokes at his expense. Like, yeah. And it's, it's like, I, I don't like when like, it seems like the creator of a movie creates someone who's a punching bag. Um, and I don't know. It's just not cool. Like, um, having jokes about someone's sexuality and having that, like having the audience laugh at them. I don't know. Right. Like, yeah. Are we supposed to like those two cops that are homophobic pricks? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, they. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's. I think that's just sort of a product of the '90s. Unfortunately, there was a lot of that yeah. gay panic stuff in TV and movies a lot. Where, you know, if two male characters touched hands, it was like the worst Ooh. possible thing. Yeah, we rewatched uh, the the pilot episode of Say by the Bell College Years on it's on the Peacock Network, and Nikki had never seen it. And I'm like, let's watch the first episode, and it is chock full of that. Like. Uh, gay panic, homophobic, like two dudes having to live or three guys having to live in the same dorm. And it just make those jokes over and over again. It's like, we get it. Like they live together, but they're, they're completely uncomfortable with their sexuality. We get it. Like, (laughs) like, yeah, that's not, that stuff has not aged well. Um, No, it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. So the, the actor that plays him, we haven't said his name is Theo Forsett. And He's not in a whole lot. Like I looked on his IMDb and unfortunately he's, he did not act in anything after this until 2019, but Whoa. he was in a, yeah, he was in a lot of uh, really sort of classic TV shows. He was in chips, TJ hooker. I'm guessing as pretty young kid. Cause these were early eighties. So this was like, you know, 10 years before taming T-Rex. So he had to be like a pretty young kid when he did a lot of this stuff. He was on the red Fox show. Um, and then he, he did on Dookie Hazard. And I think, he did a few movies and then uh, taming a T-Rex was his last movie until 2019 where he played a character on the rookie, a TV show. So this movie, I don't know if it ruined him or um, he just wanted to take a break after filming this, but um, I I could just imagine him saying, God, I'm tired. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Well, and who knows, like maybe he saw what happened to him in the movie and, and was just like, I'm tired of, you know, these white people cracking jokes about my um, sexuality. And I mean, there, there's even the part where they say they're on the phone with the police chief, who's his father. And they say, you're Faye. And then they, they say, I mean, your son, 
Like yeah. they're about to drop the hard S, you know, which yeah. even from the nineties is like, that's despicable. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't, that's, that's a bummer that like they were doing that for humor. It's like, uh, that's the I, one I also, movie that I, I, um, it, it bummed me out a little bit, but everything else is like a, a fun treat, but eesh. right. And his dad, I noticed his dad, you said is like a police chief or, you know, he's a cop and his name is like, like captain or Lieutenant black. Like that's the name they gave him. I'm like, come on really? guys. Yeah. Oh God. I hate when they do that. Yeah. Screen, they could screenwriters just like slaving over the, the draft. And he's like, God, I got to think of a name for this uh, character. Uh, I think you're going to be, they're going to be black. Wait a second. <laughs> Let me say that again. Yeah. You think twice about that, you know, any other name, but um, there, there's this hilarious scene right after, you know, we introduced or they introduce uh, Byron where Michael has a flower and, you know, Tammy gives it to him and he eats it. And it's like, is this, are, are we supposed to just assume he's because he's a jock, he's an idiot. So he eats a flower. I mean, it comes back later. It's like a, you know, it, it, it sort of has a purpose i guess later but it's such a weird thing like right away he eats a flower yeah i don't know she she says she can't accept the flower because she has a crazy ex-boyfriend who um is stalking her and uh making her life a living hell which is kind of a dark theme um i was really surprised they went there Uh, but they they committed to it i mean he's he's a a thug a monster whatever you want to call him. He's, he's just one of the worst uh, ex-boyfriends I've ever seen in a, in a movie, surprisingly. Yeah, it reminded me of the ex-boyfriend in Miami Connection where it's so over the top, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah. this, he pulls up in the car and right away she's like, oh no, here he is. And he's this older guy with like a bad haircut and he has a whole gang of people with him. And this is where we get the fight between him and Michael where they, they uh, start fighting and they end up with each other's dicks in their hands and they will not let go until the cops are, are pretty quick to show up to this fist fight at the school. Yeah. Um, and they break it up and that's where we find out, you know, uh, Michael's like, you know, I had the jokes on you. I had a cup on the whole time, but it, it goes on <laughs> way too long. And I think yeah. there's, there's a, a, an awkward, uh, joke there where, Byron says, uh, you know, something like, I, I remember his joke, but he has a one-liner about them grabbing each other's dicks and uh, once again, it makes says, it funny. He says something about how there ain't much to grab. Yeah. Uh, about the uh, stalker, his nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And um, right away, I noticed that um, one of the friends in the sort of gang of misfits is uh, Sean Whalen, who's in people under the stairs and he's in twister later. He has one of those faces. It's like instantly recognizable. Whereas his, he has, he's like super skinny and has those big like gums and teeth and weird eyes. He's just sort of looks like a badass like dude that would fuck with people. And, and he's one of his main like goons, I guess you would say. Sure. And we, of course, are introduced to like the the stereotypical goofy cops who whose hats are always too big, and you know they're cracking one liners and saying inappropriate things, and uh, seem to seem to be townies. Are they right? Be the vibe. Yeah, they know everybody, and they yeah. probably know their parents and whatever. Uh, break up the fight and let Michael go. Um, but this is like right, leads right into where the first time we see the T Rex, and they sort of have this big reveal where he's in a lab and it's 
very foggy and we see like the silhouette of it and you know the shadows and slowly slowly reviews it and uh that's sort of a good spot to sort of talk about the entire reason why this movie was made because from what i understand the uh writer director Stuart raffle he said that the whole entire film came about because this guy that he met had access to a full-size uh animatronic t-rex and he came to Stuart and said you know here's the saying um i i guess he owns some theaters in south america he had this t-rex that was going to a theme park in texas um the eyes and the arms moved and i think the head moved but nothing below the neck or below the arms did anything so he's like you know i have this t-rex you should make a movie and he's like okay you know what what do you what do you have in mind he's like oh i i have no idea but you have like a month to get it done. <laughs> I ha- basically have this for, you know, a-, a couple weeks and you can use it for free, but we're going to make a movie. And so Stuart Raffle wrote the story like a-, a first draft in like a week. Um, and then they just sort of revised the script as they filmed. So he could get this thing done and out the door. So maybe that explains some of it, but, um, yeah, it's crazy to think this entire movie is made because they had access to a T-Rex. And like you said earlier, it's probably someone's like, I have a T-Rex and they're doing this and Spielberg's doing this giant, you know, Jurassic Park movie. What if we get, can push ours out first and yeah. let us be first, you know? And um, it's amazing, like all these ingredients came together and we got what we got. Yeah, it's uh, it's truly strange. Um, I... Uh one of my favorite things about this movie is that after that fight scene, like you said, it, it, it immediately changes tune immediately. Or let me redo that. It changes tune immediately. And we just see this, this epic shot of a giant T-Rex and you're like, Whoa, what the hell? Like they, they sort of, um, uh, shot their, their wad pretty quickly. Like we see the, the T-Rex pretty quickly in this movie. Yeah. Uh, like the, yeah, the first, I mean, we don't even get like a tease of it. There's not even, yeah. Other than the title of the movie, we if you had hadn't read the title of the movie, it'd be like, "There's a fucking dinosaur." What? It just comes out of nowhere. It startles me every time I watch this. Um, and and the music changes too. It's super like spooky sounding. I don't know. I just found that really funny. Uh, yeah, and that's and that's sort of the story of this movie. Is like it jumps from tone to tone really quick. It's just what the hell? Yeah, <clears throat> I thought it was so strange that. They instead of writing a movie about a T Rex, they wrote it about an animatronic T Rex. That was one of the first things. <laughs> yeah. where I was like, wait, why would they not write it about a dinosaur? <laughs> you know, like I guess they figure that nobody would be able to uh, be tricked by this animatronic. Or I, yeah, I don't know. it's a strange. That's a, it's a good question because it's like they obviously try to paint it as really moving and really. I mean, the stuff they did, I guess maybe just a way to have it move less. I don't, I don't know. That doesn't really explain it because it eventually does get a, you know, it gets a human brain and, and moves, but um, it doesn't, yeah, there's no real good explanation as to why he decided to do this. Maybe he wanted to, he, he had an idea for like a teen movie and decided to combine it with this. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, but yeah, so they, they go to that lab. Um and we get to meet those characters. Yeah, Terry Kaiser, who plays sort of the mad scientist who owns the uh, T-Rex, he is most 
known for playing Bernie in the weekend at Bernie's movies. And he's Dr. Cruz in Friday the 13th, part seven, the new blood, which, you know, goes back to John Carl Beekler, who did all, who directed that movie and did the special effects for this movie. I imagine that had a little clout there where he was able to snag someone with a recognizable face. Yeah, for sure. And, and he has this weird, that's a whole nother aspect of this movie. Like you're saying about the kids movie he has this like assistant who's supposed to be sexy and she's always got cleavage and legs showing. Yeah. Um, and then there's this muscle bound dude that works in the lab who wears like, he's like a great value version of John Claude Van Damme. It's like, there's just so many, so many weird things. He has uh, his little assistant who um, is from uh, John Franklin, who is sort of like his Igor, uh, that plays Bobby and he's most known for the children of the corn movies. He plays Isaac in those. And uh, he played cousin it in the Adams family movies, like the newer nineties ones. Sure. Uh, he's sort of the little, the little crazy. I would, I would compare him to like Igor. He's sort of the loud, crazy one that, you know, is his assistant. I don't know. It, it seems like we have a lot of characters in a lab that are not at all necessary. No. And I, I would say that, um, Bobby, uh, that's his name. Yeah. Bobby. I would say he's the worst part of the movie. I, uh, yeah. I can't stand him. Um, he is constantly talking about his machine or his computer. Um, and he's, he, he does little Igor riffs. Like he's like, I think it's coming alive. <laughs> you know, like that's some of the humor where it's like, Ugh, this isn't funny. I'm just like cringing. I'm cringing so hard. Yeah. And, yeah, his yeah, like I said, his his character just doesn't feel at all necessary. It's like he already has the female assistant and the and we already have the mad scientist doctor. I don't know if they're trying to play up like a Frankenstein thing, but it feels like the doctor is is crazy enough. We don't need this other over the top assistant, but I I sort of like the the chemistry between um the doctor and his sexy assistant, they're sort of funny back and forth. And I think she's pretty good. She's pretty good in this. She's almost completely quiet in the movie, but she plays this sort of hard ass sexy assistant. It's, it's really, like I said, this whole movie is just really weird in tone. You could probably, if you took a shot every time I say weird, you're going to die. Yeah. But um, there's, I mean, so strange. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't like imagining them having sex. I don't no, know. They, no. They allude to them having sex a lot in the movie and doing sexual stuff, which ugh, again, we're, we're broken records, but it's like, why is this in here? Why? Oh, I don't. Yeah. I, don't. She, I wonder she, if that's again, I wonder if that's in the PG 13 version. I, if, I hope not. I mean, there's that scene where she's untying his ropes. And right. Eyes roll back in his head and he's like, Oh yeah. You know, it's just Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, we find out like that, you know, right here, they, they give it away right away. It's like, Oh, he wants to give this T-Rex a real human brain. Like, like, doc, like Frankenstein's doctor, you know, and uh, he wants to create a living thing out of this animatronic T-Rex. They don't really explain why he has this and why he wants to give it a brain, yeah. I guess, cause he's a mad doctor, but that's just all we sort of get right away from them. And it cuts right back to um, our Michael and Tammy story, which you don't think like after we see the T-Rex, it's going to get crazier, but it just keeps ramping up because this part to me is so strange. Michael sneaks out and, you know, sneaks in and sees Tammy and he's, he's stumbling around making a shit ton of noise. Uh, 
it's really weird because these girls, these girls are driving by, they see him sneaking in the window and they, they fucking snitch on her that I guess they just don't, I don't know if they don't like Tammy or don't, I guess they don't like Tammy or don't like him or don't like they're jealous or something, but they call the house and let Tammy's dad know, like, you know, that, that someone's sneaking upstairs or something. And, or they call Billy actually, that's who they rat out. And her, her dad hears the noise upstairs and it's so strange. She must have her own phone line. Cause her dad calls upstairs. Like, yeah. It's just so weird. Like I know those existed, but she has her own entire phone line and her dad can call upstairs to make sure she's okay. That just seems weird. The contrivance to make sure that he doesn't go up there because then I got, I don't know. (laughs) Um, And her parents are are like chilling out downstairs and they're making tea, like drinking tea in the living room. It's dark out. They're drinking tea at night together in the living room. It's just, like, have have any of these people ever um, lived life? Like, they, they seem alien. Like, everything they're doing is so strange. This is what humans do. <laughs> right. Um, I, I think that those girls, it's implied that the dark-haired girl has more of a conscience. And she apologizes to Tammy later in the movie. She looks kind of bummed out when they're doing stuff sometimes. And then the blonde, yeah. blonde one um, has a crush on Billy and wants to be with him so she hates tammy okay yeah i think yeah god why am i wasting my mind <laughs> analyzing this film um uh, i i do want to say couldn't the doctor find someone who like wanted to do this like who right. wanted their brain to be put into a dinosaur that's yeah, what I'm... i realized on this watch was like you could definitely put out a, a newspaper ad or something and be like, Hey, do you want to be a dinosaur? And then you'd get a ton of responses. Oh uh, yeah. Assuming it's the nineties and we're not, we can't use Craigslist. Um, right. Just put it in the paper, the newspaper. Yeah. Right. Even, even if you got crazy people, it's like, okay, great. So they, they want to do it and they haven't thought about the uh, consequences, uh, potential consequences. Instead, he's snatching this anyway. Sorry, I'm getting ahead again, but like what he's doing is truly like, fucked up like that that whole premise of this movie is really dark i mean well yeah i mean it gets really dark right here because billy and his friends show up at the house and they kick in the fucking front door of tammy's house right past her parents her dad says he's gonna deal with it and then he's the most (laughs) impotent man in uh, film history right (laughs) he does nothing right they they it's just wild to think like Oh, this is like why weren't the cops called immediately? Like they break yeah. into the front door, they rush into the house at night, and they they chase Michael. He jumps out the window, and they're chasing him down with their cars. And he's pretty quick because he can run. But they're they have like a baseball bat, um, and they they get him down and they beat the shit out of him with a bat, and then they drop him off in like a zoo or an animal sanctuary. I'm yeah. guessing I don't remember if they actually show what this place is. It's some sort of wildlife center, I think. I don't yeah, know if they, they call it a sanctuary, but it's it's like a exotic animal center or something like that. Um, you know, this is where we put in like the Tiger King joke, but um, that's that will it's already dated. That's really you know already past its prime. But um, I haven't watched it, so you're not missing anything. But they uh, they drop him off in here, and like I said, it just gets darker and darker. It's like first the abusive boyfriend breaks into the house and goes after this poor kid. Then they they beat him with a baseball bat and then drop him in to be killed by animals. And there's 
this lion that comes out and attacks him, but it makes like jaguar sounds. The sounds are completely not a lion. Yeah, and the game warden uh, seems to be shooting to kill the lion, which right. sucks. Like the lion didn't do anything to deserve to be killed. Um, and then also Billy, he um, talks to Michael as if he's letting him off the hook and letting him go, which is honestly right. really cruel. Like I. I the writing on this movie is is so extreme. Like, it's not it's not bad enough that he beats Michael. It's not bad enough that he lets him out in this animal sanctuary with big cats. But then he he makes him believe like he's he's gonna survive. Right. Like you're okay. He has no idea where he's at, and they're yeah. like, "You should be fine in here." You're gonna tell him, <laughs> like, right? One of the guys, I think there's an interesting layer to this movie that, like, even the people who are with Billy are kind of like, eh, this is kind of fucked up, <laughs> you know, but they don't really yeah. explore that. Um, like, like, everybody's just afraid of him, so intimidated yeah. by him that they won't, they, they just allow, sort of allow him to do whatever. The blonde girl's okay with it because she wants his D, but uh, right. the uh, girl with brown hair feels bad about it, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, and, and like I said, there's this weird like someone on the soundboard just keeps hitting the Jaguar button. Cause it's the same sound like eight times in a row. It's like, wow, wow, wow. And it's like over the top and it's not a sound of a lion. So I'm assuming it's some kind of Jaguar off screen. And on the, uh, on IMDb trivia it said that one of the crew members got attacked by a Jaguar, but I don't, maybe, maybe you see a glimpse of one when they're driving into the maybe. place, I think. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. But it's just like, it just it just seems weird and like very very cool like he clearly left him to fucking die which is just he's not joking billy's a complete piece of shit like he's not trying to teach him a lesson he's not trying to scare him he's trying to kill him and it's he's psychotic and it it honestly doesn't work with how the character is portrayed it's it's kind of too smart and uh conniving for me like that's that's something that the film um I don't know. I can't decide if Billy's like a sociopath and psychopath or if he's just a dumb ex-boyfriend. Um, and also I, I just, I don't know, for some reason you made me think of roar with the guy getting attacked by, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's I another love, crazy one. Yeah. That's, that's a movie that, um, I don't know. I, I just thought of some story where it's like a crew guy. This is the first movie he's done after roar. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "Wait a second, where does he get dropped off? <laughs> what are we? You said jaguar? What? <laughs> he, yeah, he's like, I thought this was a dinosaur teenage movie. What? Dinosaurs don't exist, right? So I probably <laughs> oh fuck, <laughs> yeah, God damn it, yeah. And it, and then you know we we cut to the hospital and he's Michael's in the hospital. Apparently has been he's in a coma from being attacked." by this lion but he does not have a scratch anywhere on him visibly we he right. must have just been attacked right exactly where his clothes cover because we don't see his face is completely intact yeah. his head is everything his arms are fine um and then we meet his apparently his caregiver uncle bob who is supposed to be a funny drunk but it's just sort of sad again really sad really like, sad yeah, really sad, and they use him as like a a comic relief, and it's not funny. Um, Alcoholism. We found out that it wasn't funny in the nineties, <laughs> right? This movie is a lot of like 
things not to do in movies now. Like yeah. you watch this and you can check off every box, but um, somehow like, you know, uh, Tammy and Byron are in there with him and you know, they're, she's freaking out and he's trying to keep her calm. Um, and then he's, he sort of has some funny moments. Byron once again with uncle Bob and he's, he's sort of making fun of him and teasing him and stuff. And uh, somehow they're not only allowed in this intensive care that looks like, you know, the most rinky dink little room, not at all intensive care. Um, but, you know, apparently just anybody can come in because then Billy shows up at the fucking hospital yeah, and somehow gets into intensive care. Like, oh, they have that um, that that nurse or whoever's running the desk at the front. You know, there's some comic relief there where they say something about her nails and Byron compliments her and charms her. And then Billy comes in and he's a complete piece of shit to her, of course. Yep. Um, but that's just another weird comedic moment that is completely unnecessary with her. Um, well, just, and uh, the doctor and his assistant come in and she says bad nails or something. And then the, yeah. the lady goes like rower at her, you know, like, like a cat. Yeah, sh- shows her claws. Yeah. Yeah. And then we never see her again. And that, right. That, that bit has paid off. <laughs> yeah. Nail- and it's, it's weird because like, I understand that the doctor, when he shows up, maybe just maybe at least he has a alibi and tries to like, I mean, he's dressed in a, in a, you know, lab coat and they sort of lie and get their way into there. But Billy just walks right, right into the fucking hospital. Um, I believe Tammy like knees him in the nuts and and, uh, he falls down and he's like, you know, I'll come back and get him or something and and storms out. And that's when this mad doctor and the, this, his assistant show up, um, in a, in a sort of funny, I, I think it's sort of funny just because it's like a cartoon. Like they come in, but it's once again, really dark. Like they come in and they pretend that he's dying and convince Tammy and Byron that he's losing. Like he's, they, they're like, you know, we're um, specialist doctors and his, he's losing his life. Oh no, he's dead. Yeah. And they convince, convince her that her boyfriend's dead, which is yeah. awful. Yeah. It, it could have been, it could have been funny if directed, by a human being. But <laughs> yeah. That, the thing is that a lot of the stuff in this movie is directed by a man who seems to not really know how human beings work. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I, I, I don't know if I find it very funny, honestly, because like the, the agony and torture that uh, Tammy is going through. Um, Denise Rickert, Richards um, does, does a good job of like seeming really sad. Like she's not a bad actor in the movie. Right, yeah, she's pretty good. Yeah, um, for what it is, she she conveys everything she needs to. She's devastated that her boyfriend just died, and um, yeah, it's it's just got like this wackiness about it where it's like it's it just feels mean spirited towards like Tammy. It feels mean spirited towards Tammy and Byron. Um, and that's that's the thing. The movie has sort of a mean spirited edge towards its characters. I, di- I didn't yeah. really it until I watched it yesterday but yeah and i think uncle bob wakes up and every like he's gone and uh byron has passed out and he just sort of like opens his eyes sees him shrugs and passes back out in a drunken stupor i think he says something like this is a bad day for everybody or something yeah he has yeah has some really dark weird one line um and and falls back to sleep but they take him out to their car he wakes up and uh the assistant like punches him back out or they hit him over the head with something. Um, I believe yeah. she, I believe she punches him and then the Igor Bobby 
says, um, you know, you're going to damage the brain. And yeah. uh, the doctor says, oh, the brain's a lot more resilient than you think. And it's like, no, it's, it's really not. <laughs> I'm not a doctor and even I thought it was a wasted opportunity by the way that he is like a doctor there like they seem to know who he is he seems accredited um, I think they wasted a chance for him to use subterfuge and wackiness to sneak in there um, yeah it's just it's just kind of very easy for him he just he's like oh hi Mr. Dr. Williams and they're like oh hi hi doctor and they seem to know who he is and his sexy assistant and you know it's like okay all's well that ends well I guess no no hijinks here yeah, and this is sort of, I think that they cut back to the T-Rex in the lab. I'm assuming this is while the doctor's out, and uh, Bobby and the, the muscly dude that I don't remember his name um, are sort of having their um, odd couple moment back and forth, and they decide to order some pizza, and it's delivered by um, the kid that plays Pedro in um, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, shit. I was like... Yeah, there's two Napoleon Dynamite uh, actors actors in this movie, which is a strange coincidence. Wow. But I thought, that looks like Pedro, and I looked, and I'm like, yeah, so he must have been pretty old in Napoleon Dynamite, because he's like, he's like a teenager in this movie delivering pizza. But um, anyways, this is where Bobby meets his... Does Bobby meet his end note? Because he helps uh, cut out the, the skull, so I'm missing a part here. Or No, he kills the the uh, muscle-bound lab assistant, doesn't he? I think he kills Bobby first, because in my notes, I mentioned, why the fuck is Bobby not scared about the fact that the T-Rex animatronic is moving around? It seems to be, like, in anguish. Like, he's like, Ew, dinosaur, oh, you're such a... You know, like, he's mocking him. Um, yeah. I think he kills him first. But yeah, there's the surgery scene, which that's where the movie, um, you're like, okay, that's why this is rated R. Because up, right. up until now, it hasn't really done anything super gory. I don't think. Am I am I wrong there? I think I don't. Think no, I think. Wrong. I think this yeah, is where think... going. Oh, this is why this is on Shutter. Because <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, things get really gross. Um, I, I guess I should preface this by saying I watch a lot of horror movies. Gore doesn't really bother me for the most part. Um, but for this, I think it's just the fact that it rubs up against the silly straight to video kids movie aspect of the, the film. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Um, it, it freaks me out every time. The fact that we're watching them drill into this guy's skull, um, blood's going everywhere. Um, not only that, but the muscle bound guy, he starts to puke. Um, yeah. Going where that just elevates it to a whole level of like this. It's so visceral, Tad. That's the thing that I'm trying to say is that it's like it's really violent and energetic, and it, it's it's not like the amount of blood or gore, but it's just like they just go for it to such an extreme length where it's like, how did anyone think like, how did anyone not think like, hey, maybe we should tone this down a little bit? Um, it doesn't really gel with the rest of the script, but that's what makes this movie so insane and, and fun to watch is that, that moment. Like that's when things get more fun in the movie, in my opinion. One simple life sacrifice for the good of all mankind. And us, of course. <laughs> Scalpel, please. Yowie! <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha! 
said, you know what? No pain, no gain, you know? I mean, if you're going to make an omelet, you have to break a few eggs, right? <laughs> I think, like you said, that's why it's become beloved in these circles because it goes from fun to crazy violent right away. And like you yeah. said, it's it's not done like, um, you know, in like Kill Bill where they cut off an arm and it sprays and it's like cartoon like he's showing like them using a bone saw through the skull. And it's it the sounds are horrible. The I mean, and John Carl Beekler is known for doing great practical effects. So he went all out and he did a great job, you know, but the tone is just so strange because we're seeing this guy's head get cut into and they're not cutting away from it at all. And it's well lit. And he, he we're, we're, they're killing a guy who's, a, you know, he, they're, they're sawing off a guy's skull, the top of his skull while he's alive. It's just totally fucked up. And he's a teenager. And he had yeah. life ahead of him. You know, he did not deserve this. Like the misfortune that is cast upon this guy is uh, empiric. Like it's just so sad. Like if you actually think about it for five seconds. Uh, yeah, he got he got attacked by these guys because he because <laughs> a girl liked him. Uh, right. He got left for dead, attacked by a lion, stolen from the hospital, and his top of his head cut off. And it's not like these things were related to each other. He just had a string of bad luck. Yeah. And now he'll never be able to jerk off again. Uh, <laughs> you see those T-Rex arms. And also he probably, he doesn't have any genitals. Right. But yeah. I, I, but, but oh, we yeah. do learn that, you know, the T-Rex arms are longer. They can extend at some point for some, some certain instances. So he might be able to, we don't, we're not sure. I hope so. I, I yeah, pray. Me um, too. <laughs> also, when they test out the animatronic, his arms are really strong. Like he can throw a giant weight. So that was that was cool. I guess. I, yeah, I don't think it would work, but I yeah, they had. They I guess they wanted to show how his like super strength. It's like okay, we know it's a it's a dinosaur man. Like, yeah. and so they put the brain into the dinosaur. So now Michael is a T Rex. So. Yeah, that's where we get the title. Now we have a teenage T-Rex. One million years in the making. The most evolved thing ever created. Really think that thing's going to be better than my computer? One million times better than your computer, Bobby. And more important, it won't need you to work it. Must make sure that these nerve endings align perfectly. <laughs> Success! <laughs> We're supposed to believe that this doctor has the technology. I mean, we've suspended our belief enough to this point that it's not, this is like not that big of a jump. Sure. to think that you know he's put this brain inside of it and then we get these sort of um point of view shots at first i like the first time i watched this i did not understand i thought it was just really bad camera work then i understand we're supposed to be seeing it from michael rex's point of view i guess yep. that's what i'm going to call him now michael rex yep. um and it sort of like has like a camera quality to it where it zooms in on things and and sort of shaky handheld cam style um this is where I was jumping to earlier where 
we see Bobby and the muscle bound dude order the pizza and they're sort of bickering back and forth in the lab and he's clearly eyeing them. Um, and like you said, Bobby should be a lot more scared of this thing. They should all be fucking scared of this thing because now it has a brain. Why do they not notice that it is clearly reacting to them and looking at them <laughs> and making noises and alive? Uh, but they're too focused on their pizza, which I've been there. Right. Uh, I can understand. Um, the the muscle-bound guy, unfortunately, does not get many lines. But I think that could have been a funny dynamic to explore him and the Igor guy. Um, but yeah, I guess they are pretty extraneous, like cut their stuff out of the movie and you don't miss much. But then I guess it's like, how did, how did the, I guess the doctor could have created the T-Rex and yeah. Yeah. But this, this scene sort of allows him to, uh, escape because this is where he kills Bobby. He like, he slowly and grossly pulls his entire head off of the body. Yeah. That was once yeah, once again, another very disgusting, gory, visceral scene where we see, like, the tendons and skin rip off the body. And the body and, forward. Yeah. Ugh. And then he flosses his flosses the guts out of his own teeth with his little T-Rex claws. It's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so he kills Bobby. And then one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he goes over to his body, um, his human body laying on the operating table. And... Um, pets it longingly and um, picks up the mirror and looks at himself in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Like, how are they going to show that uh, he knows he's a T-Rex? And it's like, okay, we could have him walk by like a glass building and see himself. That could be an artful. Nope. We're going to have him pick up a tiny little mirror. <laughs> and you got to think that they knew that was funny. I right. I, so. I think that's like a scene like this and the scene where he flosses his own teeth. And when he checks the payphone, little things like this, yeah. or when he's trying to convince later, when he's trying to convince Tammy or, or let her uh, know that he is actually Michael, like those things are, are the humor that I think they nailed. It's very funny. Yep. I agree. I think that's the stuff where it's like, okay, this is a funny movie. They, they have some good physical gags that they can do. Yeah, and it's it's absolutely hilarious. Like he, like I said, he he rips off the head and then he flosses like with his claws. He picks out the the stuff with his own teeth. And then this is this where he flattens? Does he flatten the uh, muscle bound guy? Is that right? Yep, yep. Yeah, he stomps on him with his T Rex foot and com- like very old cartoony style, like flattens him to silly putty. <laughs> uh, they, in the later in the movie, I think the assistant is holding him. Yeah. yeah, she, she yeah. rolls him up like a carpet and drags him in. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I wonder uh, if that's like not just the director, but also the special effects people. Maybe they, because a lot of times special effects people will think of gags with like the suited actors or the animatronics, and I got I got to think that that's someone besides the director of the movie. Absolutely, I th- yeah, I think that you know they were such a rush and having a fun time just making this thing that there's like. Clearly, there was not notes from a studio or anything. They were just doing this on the fly. And he was, I imagine, it seems like the John Carl Beekler must have like a childlike sense of humor where he's probably doing a lot of this stuff and just having fun with it. He's like, I've always wanted to have like a smashed character, you know, or a Looney Tunes style. It just makes me think of like Roadrunner or Wile E. Coyote when he gets smushed by a rock or something and he's flat. Like, yeah, it's definitely Looney Tunes style. 
Um, and then we, he, he goes out of the lab, he's escaped and there's this behind the lab. Apparently there's a payphone in the middle of nowhere. And uh, this little old lady is on the payphone and she turns and sees an awful scene of the, one of the few scenes where we see um, Michael Rex walking. Yeah. Uh, I don't, it looks like it's just a piece of paper in the background moving. It's so bad, it but it's, oh, it is so rough that it's funny. Like, I imagine when they did it, they're like, there's no convincing way to do this. So let's make it bad enough to be a joke. I can, I can totally, it's like something out of studio asylum, you know? Those yes. Guys. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's probably the only effect shot in the movie where I like, I, I hate it. I mean, I, I laugh at it, but it's like, God damn it, guys. This is I crazy. imagine. Yeah. At the time night in the nineties, maybe this wasn't like now we're looking at it and we laugh and imagine that this came out around the same time as Jurassic park. And it's really oh. a fucking laugh. Yeah. But I imagine at the time they're like, uh, that will do. It's only a few seconds. You know, it's not like people are going to care about this in a couple of years. It's not like this is going to play at film festivals in 4k, you know, and it's just a, a cash grab. This is like, we'll put it in the video stores. So people confused parents will be like, Oh, my kid likes dinosaurs. Yeah, well, yeah. That they'd be bad people because again, the the gore, and the sex, right? Ah, this <laughs> makes no sense. Who would they make it for? Go on, Tad. Let's just we can't. I would have laboring that point. <laughs> no, I would have loved like if I saw this as like a I don't know a twelve year old or thirteen year old or something. I would have just the gore cut. Oh man, I would have just been all, all about it because it's like it hits those all those weird little points of the gore, but the the immature humor. Oh yeah. Yeah, imagine being a preteen boy and watching this, and you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he sc- he, yeah, he scares off the poor little old lady. She runs off, and he uses the payphone to call Tammy. But obviously, he's a fucking dinosaur, so he cannot speak English, and she's just confused. Yes. Um, and so he he they actually show like they could just beat around the bush. I mean, there's really not even a reason for him to call other than to be a funny moment where a T-Rex uses a phone and they take it even further. And he checks the, uh, change slot to make sure to see if there's any quarters in there. Yep. Uh, absolutely. I love that kind of stuff. That, that scene always cracks me up. I love those little moments where I I don't know. I I mean, obviously this meant for humor. We've, we've already been through that, but it's like, I think, it's also a funny way to remind the audience that it's not just a dinosaur. It's a, a teenager stuck in a dinosaur's body. So like a teenager would check the coin slot to see if there's money. Um, he would think his instinct would be, Oh, I got to call Tammy and let her know that I'm a dinosaur. Then he tries to speak and he's like, Oh shit, I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> I really am. Yeah. And so in a scene that I think that's just, one of the funniest in the movie when he, when he calls her, um, then we cut to the Michael Rex shows up at a party. So there's a big teenage party with Tammy and, uh, Byron and all of basically the whole school's there. They're all having fun. I'm guessing at some rich kid's backyard or something. I'm, I'm someone's parents are probably gone. That was the basic, um, idea of every nineties movie party with someone's parents went out of town. The rich kids' parents were out of town on a business trip or vacation or something. So they throw this big party in the backyard. And for some reason, Tammy decides to go and just pout the entire time, which she has every right to be sad. Her boyfriend just got murdered or taken. And for some reason, um, Billy isn't arrested. 
Um, he's not in prison, but you know, there's this big party going on and Michael shows up and somehow he, he pulls, he goes right up to the edge of the party. He's a fucking T-Rex and nobody notices. He's looking right over the trees, right at him. And not one person at the party says, Hey, there's a dinosaur over there, guys. Yeah. He somehow sneaks around a lot in this movie without going oh, yeah. noticed. We'll, we'll get into that. I mean, there's one particularly egregious example where it's like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, I, I guess I'll just say he's watching his own funeral. Um, yes. He's not, he's not all that far away. No, no, not at all. And he's and he's crying real tears. It's it's glorious. It's so and, funny. And he's reacting to things people are saying, nodding, laughing at some points. <laughs> uh, why would why would he feel like he needs to do this? Like he's a giant dinosaur. They're gonna see him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, he he's he's standing in these trees and no one notices. But Weasel, who is the. Uh, Billy's friend goes over and he obviously, you know, just like every nineties humor, Oh man, he's got to go take a piss and he goes to piss in the woods and he's pissing on a dinosaur. He looks up. Yeah. Oh shit, man. When, when did this thing get here? He says something like when, since when was this here or something? And, uh, Michael Rex goes crazy and slashes his intestines out of his body in like a another, but this one's more of a, it's less visceral. It's more bloody and gory, but, um, yeah. it still, it sort of has a humor to it. Cause we're not supposed to like Weasel, even though he's not as bad as Billy. He's he's is his number one goon. Yeah, and uh, he slashes him across the stomach with his his claws, which in no way would be able to reach him. But um, he, as he's pissing, he he looks down and he's holding his own intestines, like pretty pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a shocking thing because like yeah, the claws don't look like they touch him, and then camera pans down and he's just he's just wrecked. Um, I, I do want to add that I think before this, um, Tammy and Billy have their last scene together where, um, he says he quote, just wants to talk to her. And she, she's like, nah, man, you killed my boyfriend. (laughs) And yeah. uh, And he's like, well, fine. Uh, that suits me just fine, bitch. Or something like that. Like basically for some reason he's over her now and he, he says, screw you. It's really it's a he weird murder somebody. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I've tried everything, including murdering your boyfriend. If that's not enough, then I'm out, dude. Yeah. If you don't get the girl, when you murder, uh, someone close to her, it's time to give up. Like, yeah, nothing. <laughs> that, that was the final, uh, straw for him. Yeah. Wow. She's really ungrateful. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I went to all this work and you know, she still doesn't appreciate me. He posts on Reddit and he's like, this girl, doesn't appreciate the fact that I murdered her boyfriend to be close to her. Like, should I give up? R slash relationships thread. Or R slash advice. Or R slash am I the asshole? I don't know what the A I T A. Am I the asshole? Yes, you killed her boyfriend. And now he's or, a uh, Yeah, what's the one today? I fucked up by uh, yeah. murdering, murdering <laughs> a boyfriend and he uh, turned into a T Rex. I thought the, I thought the large cats would just scare him a little bit. I'm so <laughs> this, this was a shock to me. You're the asshole. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, I thought that was an interesting touch because the movie could have been just fine without like trying to give some sort of closure. Closure. Yeah. It was weird. Like, I'm not sure what the point of it was. 
I guess they just needed something. I don't, I, I don't, I'm, there's no point of anything. I mean, we're trying to analyze something that I don't think if the director or the writer heard this, he'd be like, dude, you've seen this, right? Like we weren't thinking that deep. So why should you? Um, if you look at his other movies, this, this one is honestly worth analyzing more than his other stuff. Yeah. Uh, like the, he did this one movie that came out in 2010 about some singing group. And I, I've only seen little bits of it, but it, it it truly makes no sense. And honestly, it makes the room look pretty damn coherent. Um, but we'll get into that in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that will be your, yeah. Um, Let's go through his filmography. Yeah, it's like, I don't want to live anymore. <laughs> this, <laughs> movies are killing me. But um, yeah, the, the party scene is interesting because it turns Michael into a murderer. Uh, right. He goes on a damn rampage and, and, <laughs> Starts murdering all, everybody. Yeah, it's it's really odd. Um, I I didn't really realize that until I watched it last time or yesterday. But yeah, he's he's killing people, and I'm not sure that I would like. I'm okay with if my partner becomes a T Rex through no fault of her own. Um, but if she told me that killed <laughs> a bunch of people, I'd be like, uh, yikes. <laughs> yeah, like th- this isn't the answer. Like this isn't couples counseling. <laughs> you're not uh, making the situation better. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he didn't have to kill as many people. I would get why he killed Billy. Okay. I'm saying absolutely. That's a freebie. That's where it's like, okay, I get why he did this. That's fine. But then like, doesn't he maybe, kill- maybe it- even weasel, maybe even weasel. Cause he was an assistant. <laughs> Everyone gets a free weasel kill. Too. Right. But I don't, I don't know. Doesn't he kill his girlfriend too? Yeah, he kills because they're making out in the back of the car, and he pulls him out of the car, and he he like stomps on some people. He stomps on someone's head, and it smashes. Like, there's a lot. There's a few innocent people that get their way, and it's like this isn't Michael, and he's not gonna. You know, I there's a really not any reason other than he's being mad. It's not like he's doing it on accident. It would actually be sort of funny if like. They did a thing where he's not used to being a T-Rex, so he, like, steps backwards oh, accidentally on somebody. That would be hilarious. Right. Or, like, he's he's adjusting to becoming a dinosaur. That would be funny, but... Right. Or he accidentally hits someone with his tail and they go fucking flying. Like, that, yeah. Uh, but yeah. We should have written this. Dude, I... There's this movie called Chopping Mall, and I'm sure you've seen it. I've I love Chopping Mall. I've I've had an idea for a gritty reboot of that for a long time. Um, my girlfriend loves it. Um, I I think we should do the reboot for Tammy and the T Rex. We have some great ideas. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna flesh, we're gonna flesh out Tammy, make her less of a damsel in distress. Um, we in on the Wikipedia page for Tammy and the T Rex. They have the cast list, and everyone is... It's like Paul Walker as Michael, whatever his last name is. Everyone has that. And then for Bi- for Bri- What's his name? Bryson? Byron? By- Byron. For Byron, it's as Tammy's gay best friend. Yeah. So I would like to create a version of uh, Byron who is not so um, uh, stereotyped. Right. Uh, and who people... You know, the fact that he's gay is not a major component to his character. Um, it's just part of his, a part of him. But it, it's not like a freaking uh, joke or, or gag. 
yeah, it's not used as a um, comedy device. <laughs> this guy's weird. <laughs> That's like everyone in the 90s. <laughs> We're kind of weirded out by this guy. Well, let's let's put him in the movie, but we'll we'll make sure to let the audience know we think it's kind of weird what he's doing. <laughs> uh, right? He's the things he says are crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, the gay things he says, right? Dudes, what? Yeah. Doesn't he realize he's next to Denise Richards? Yeah, I mean, he has the hottest girl in school right next to him all the time, but he chooses guys. What? Uh, that's wackier than the dinosaur. Okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> So we were we're at the party. He's on a murderous rampage, <laughs> almost as good as something like from Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth. Go on. Yeah, yeah, and and then you know the cops show up, and Byron is trying to explain to his dad and his his dad's other co partners, co workers, other cops, um, trying to explain to them that it was a dinosaur, and they're all like, reason, you know, um, for completely the right reasons you know they're like uh that doesn't make sense what are you talking about dinosaurs don't exist and why would one show up to a teenage party they think you know that they're on drugs or that they're losing it yeah um and he doesn't believe his own son which i don't blame him how could you blame he's he's saying that there was a dinosaur but then again there's giant footprints there's claw marks through people's bodies i mean how do you explain it yeah some healthy skepticism should always um, be applied when someone starts telling you that a dinosaur did this, right? But um, I, I think that, you know, if they had done a thorough investigation, they would have been like, well, there's not much else they could have done this. Um, uh, one of the other physical bits of the movie that it could have been funny is him him dusting off Byron, um, him picking him up off the ground and dusting him off. I found that really stupid. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hated that. I don't know what... I, what makes one of those gags good and what makes it bad? I'm not sure. I, I, it's, it's criteria that only my subconscious knows, but I, I hated that. <laughs> I think that one was supposed to be like to make sure Byron believes later that it actually is Michael. Like I swear that dinosaur, because he says something like, I swear the dinosaur knew me or something. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I mean, you understand where it's coming from, but it doesn't make it funny or no. as good as the other ones. I don't know. It's just weird, <laughs> which is something I could say a lot during this uh, review. But yeah, I it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> I don't like when he does stuff with his hands. It's, it's they're too small. Yeah, and they obviously like extend the arms way beyond what a T Rex can do, and I think maybe that's supposed to be funny. Yeah. Um, they're they're doing that to be funny because it's it's clear that you know if a T Rex could not reach a phone and could not pick someone up and dust them off but um we this sort of cuts right back to the lab where they find uh carl who's the muscle bound guy they they roll up his flattened body and and carry it in like a rug into the lab um like a looney tune style and uh this is where they realize that the that michael has escaped and you know and they haven't even realized that he's been on a murderous rampage um so now the cops and the mad scientists are both looking for Michael. Um, he shows up and he uh, takes Tammy. He somehow sneaks through the town and gets Tammy and takes her to the barn to try to explain to her that he is a dinosaur. Um, is this one of the scenes where you were talking about how he sneaks around? Or no, you were talking about the funeral. But this is another one where... He somehow like she, it's clear that she lives in like 
a small little neighborhood with the neighbor's houses right within reach. I have no idea how he snuck through the town as a T-Rex and got to her house, which isn't like on the edge of the city or out in the country. He goes right through and like taps on her window. Um, she passes out cause there's a fucking dinosaur outside of her window. Sure. And, um, he takes her to a barn out in the country yeah, and is somehow, somehow not seen by everybody. Yeah. But, um, this is probably my, I would say this might be my favorite scene of the entire movie. Um, oh. as he takes, he takes Tammy to the barn and he has to try to, without using words, cause he's a dinosaur who cannot speak English. He has to try to explain to Tammy that he is Michael inside of a T-Rex body. Like I'm just making sure I'm saying that clearly for people who are listening because it's so absurd. So he plays this like game of charades with her. And he takes a flower and he eats it and that doesn't do it. Um, he starts playing, like I said, charades where he can't speak and he's pointing at his head until she gets brain and to her. I think he she has like a button or, or a ring or some something personally of his. Um, and he's pointing at that and until she says, Michael, and, you know, through a qu- very pretty quick process of elimination, she figures out that Michael's brain is inside of a t-rex now it went a little quicker than i would have thought but you know i'm not going to complain that the scene wasn't longer yeah i don't want it to be uh accurate or realistic and how right it would be be excruciating yeah but it's it's just the idea of that they're playing charades the entire scene cracks me up like every time i watch it the humor in this one always makes me laugh because it's supposed to be or it should be a sort of touching moment because he's taking these personal memories that they have together, like the flower. And I'm trying to think of what the personal item she had. I should have written that down, but um, yeah. Yeah. Bracelet on her arm. Yeah. And he's pointing at it that, and you know, back and forth. And um, it's sort of a touching moment. Like you said, she's, I don't know how she kept a straight face and she plays this character. You know, she plays it with real sincerity. She's, genuinely concerned and when she finds out she's like oh michael and you know you're a dinosaur and she really it's so ridiculous but she does a good job with it like she doesn't ham it up and and make it as cartoony as it really is like it's a ridiculous situation and she plays it straight and it's great yeah i i would say that that's probably why she you know had a career after this movie was she um she could she treated this with the sincerity um that it did not deserve, honestly. Like, I think that's why we can watch the movie and not cringe as much because she does her very best. Um, I think she was probably thinking of like all the gigs she wanted to do after this movie, probably why, while filming. And that's why she was able to turn in a pretty decent performance. But um, yeah, I mean, and um, I think she tries to do the comedic stuff too. I'm not sure she's able to be particularly funny in this movie. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. But- you know, that's fine. That's what we have the T-Rex for and uh, Byron. Exactly. <laughs> and so she figures out, you know, what the deal is. She gets back home and the cops are waiting for her because they're all like, you know, she went missing. What happened to her? Her parents called the cops and Byron's already waiting there with the cops. And um, they're like, you know, she comes, sneaks in the back door and she's like wearing slippers and stuff. And you know, the cops are like, where have you been? And, you know, they still obviously don't believe that this dinosaur is real, but 
now they're convinced like we're going to go looking for this thing. Um, she, I think this is where she reveals to Byron that it's actually Michael. She's like, she pulls him aside. She's like that dinosaur last night. That was actually Michael. And he's like, I knew I, I it knew me. I knew I wasn't crazy. Yeah. That dinosaur knew me. Um, so like now the cops and like I said, the, the mad scientists are after uh, Michael. And this is where we get the funeral scene. They decide to go to the funeral and oh. even though they know he's not dead. And this, this is another, this actually is hard to beat that Tammy moment, but goddamn, this scene is funny too. Um, you glossed over one of the most uh, problematic lines of the movie, which is um, the doctor. I don't know if it's the doctor or a, a cop who says they know that she's been with him because they could tell from the way she was walking. Oh, so, yeah. I'm not sure if they're implying that there was some sort of, yeah. Hanky panky with a dinosaur. With an um, animatronic dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't catch that, but it does not surprise me in any way for this movie. I'm a huge pervert, I guess. But no, someone says, like, I can tell she was with him because of the way she was walking. And, you know, she's wearing a bathrobe. And she, okay. Yeah, I'm, I, ugh. anyway. So, yeah, they, they go to his funeral, which um, the movie doesn't really offer up how long it's been since he died, but that's fine. I don't really need to know these details. I'm <laughs> sort of coping. I'm trying to explain everything. Um, um, but anyway, he's, he's watching his funeral and, and laughing and crying. And the my favorite scene in the movie, or at least the saddest scene in the movie for me, was um, when everyone's laughing at his drunk failure of an uncle. Uh, yeah that's horrible it's really sad honestly his speech is like everyone knows i'm a drunk and then everyone laughs including him he's like oh oh, unk uh yep and then he's he's just watching from the distance and um the uncle is just consumed by grief uh this joke character is deeply deeply sad and i don't know there's there's something incredibly depressing about that scene and I'm just like, wow, this is not what they were going for, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, because I thought about that too. I'm like, this is, you know, the only character, like, Michael's the only person he has that his uncle has in his life, you know, and vice yeah. versa. And it's like, someone should, I mean, I don't know how you how you reveal to your the drunk uncle that, you know, oh, he's alive and he's in a T-Rex body, but you got to help him, like, not laugh at the guy. You know, he clearly needed help before, and now it's probably going to spiral even worse. He's almost um, on a uh, road to death. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, drinking himself to death. And I'm laughing saying it, but it's really morbid and sad. Um, and, and it's not something that's at all needed in the movie. No, like... I don't know. He could have just had it. It adds nothing to Michael's story. I don't think um, it's just done after he dies for shock value. It seems like, um, yeah. Like imagine if they had introduced his home life before he died, then it's like, okay, you've earned this, but uh, no, it's, it's a very, and then without spoiling the end of the movie, in case someone's uh, watching along, <laughs> I wonder if this podcast will sync up to the movie. Cause we're at like an hour and change. Right. <laughs> maybe <laughs> it'll be like that'd be pretty good an unknown uh, audio commentary an unknowing audio commentary um but yeah that that funeral scene is um really fucked up um i think that's my favorite scene in the movie because anyone who was sitting there at the funeral could just tilt their neck a little bit and go hey what what's that what the 
is that T-Rex uh, statue moving? Like, yeah, or you think they would hear it and like, I don't something like, and it's it, I love that it cries real tears. Um, it's so funny. Yeah, just yeah. For good movies, you have to suspend your disbelief. You know, we can't we can't uh, nitpick every decision this director made, these this auteur made. You know, exactly, and maybe it's above our heads. You know, maybe it's That's just so deep, deep and good that we just don't understand it because we're dummies. Is this his Pinkerton? Um, I maybe maybe <laughs> when it first came out, it got horrible reviews, but uh, now it's getting a critical reevaluation. Yeah, uh, and the director, you know, it, it's his uh, best work, but at the time, you know, he's so embarrassed by it that he'll never go back and make another uh, great movie like this. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh, it, it, that movie was so personal. I put my heart into it, and uh, <laughs> now everyone rejected it. So time to make safe movies. Yeah, exactly. Sure I couldn't make a safe movie if his life depended on it, and that's what—that's why I'm glad he's around because, like, uh, I love shit like this. Like, I'm—I'm I'm having a blast every time I watch this movie, and talking about it with you is is pretty dang fun because it's like, oh, I forgot about that, and I just saw it last night. There's so many bizarre details to go through. Right. I'm glad that you know. Um it gave me another excuse to watch it. I, I enjoyed it with the audience. Like I watched it with a crowd, but uh, sitting down and, and watching it and taking notes made me, uh, it's on a whole different level when you actually pay attention to little details and you actually sit and think about it rather than just laughing at it with a group of people. It's, it's a whole different experience. Yeah. I can, I'm, I'm just imagining right now, like what if you had like a normal person um, on this episode and you, you had them watch <laughs> Tammy and the T-Rex. You, uh, I maybe not the next episode I'm dropping, which will not be any kind of people listening will be like, what the hell is he talking about? Cause the release schedule will be different, but, um, in maybe two weeks, I'll be dropping one that is sort of like that, where I let two friends who completely, um, go in blind to watch the greasy strangler. And I don't know if you've ever oh, seen that. I've only, I've only seen a review of it, um, but I yeah. Yeah, that is on a that that is on a whole other level, and that's exactly what happened with that one. So, um, yeah, if you if you want to see what happens when you unleash something like this onto an unsuspecting person, but I'm like I said, I when as soon as you mentioned this one, I'm like, oh, this I know you would compl- would be a great guest for this movie, and I'm glad you know we're doing it. But um, this is at the point where the the they have sort of a fight with the mad scientist who's there to get the t- hit what he considered his t-rex yep um and they sort of escape him and they go to the morgue to find a new body for michael in a, a really weird sort of I, I mean we've said weird a million times now but they go to the morgue to find him a body which is just weird in general but they have him in this like dump truck and they're showing him tammy and byron are going through the morgue and they're trying to find a body. And, you know, there's some more stereotypical gay jokes where they're looking and he's, you know, Byron's checking out these guys and he's like, Oh, this one's gorgeous. And, but yeah. Tammy doesn't want it because it doesn't have a big enough uh, penis. Yep. Um, she doesn't want an old guy. Doesn't I, want a girl. The penis was too big on one guy. I thought maybe uh, they don't see. I, I thought maybe too small because, but, I may, maybe you're right because Byron seemed to be into it, but she didn't. So maybe you're right. I don't know yeah, what maybe. they're trying to imply there. I thought Byron was looking under the covers and he was like, ooh, 
And she was like, that's too much, or implying that was too much. Yeah, that that makes more sense than what I was assuming. So yeah, you're probably right that it was more of another gay joke. Byron would not settle for a guy who was not uh, well hung. Well endowed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He deserves he deserves the best because he's fucking hilarious and uh, he's a handsome dude. And he has great style. He's funny. He, he yeah. deserves so much more than uh, what this movie gave him. But he 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 took what he was given and just chewed up the scenery. He's just awesome in this movie. And so they're like I said, they're trying to find this body. Um, there's they're this. Showing to, they're showing them to Michael through the window. Michael Rex. Right. They're dragging bodies to the window of the morgue to show him and he's he's giving what like thumbs up or thumbs down or shaking his head he's mostly just moving his little arm in weird ways <laughs> from what i like they, they could only get the animatronic to do like a certain motion and then right his head when it's bad um i think there's nothing like more humiliating and disrespectful to the sanctity of life than <laughs> bringing naked bodies to the window and like hey is this good enough is this good enough right yeah um and they're yeah it's it's a really again kind of a mean-spirited sequence where they're making fun of these people who have died and um i judging their judging their bodies and their faces cholesterol intake there was one where they said holy cholesterol that was that was actually our byron i was like byron come on yeah be woke <laughs> You're exactly the '90s, be but be woke though. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that whole sequence, I'm of two minds about it. Where it's like, God, this is so insanely funny that he's in a dump truck or whatever, and his head's just popped. He's kind of cute. That's like the only time in the movie where the T Rex is like kind of cute, <laughs> where its its little head is poking out. But uh, right. But, and it's actually very uh, smart because they had to figure out like this is the best way for me to hide the body where they need to move the dinosaur. They need, they need to have it moving in a scene and can't have it walk. So it's genius to put it in a truck where it just its upper body is out. I had no idea that they couldn't like, it didn't, it couldn't walk. Like, obviously there was something wrong with the scene where it is walking. I didn't right. know why though. I was just like, huh, they went for something different here. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't really overthink it though, which is weird. Cause I'm overthinking every other plot detail of the movie. But that's good because, you know, like I said, they use this as a way to hide its lower body and they, they had to have it move around town. But um, it's a smart it's a smart workaround. You know, they throw him in the truck, which they don't really need to do because, like, he's a fucking T-Rex. He could probably walk faster than a than a car. I mean, we've seen Jurassic Park and he chases down the Jeep, but um, it, it's a smart workaround to get this thing moving. And once again, um we have sort of a high high speed chase where the cops and the scientists are both after um, Michael Rex, and you know, by I think is Byron or Tammy or drive one of the two are driving the truck. They're but they're both in the dump truck and drive. Okay, he's driving, and they pass the is it the scientists and and uh, Michael flips off the dinosaur flips off the cops. Oh wow! I, yeah, I, I've seen the film twice and I did not catch that. Um, yeah, and, which is funny because I think he only has three fingers, like little claws. God, I thought and so he, he he raises up the middle claw at the police as they drive by. Great. <laughs> but it's it's sort of funny, like I said, because I think that's the joke is like technically it's his middle finger, but he only has three. So it's like it's not quite the same, but it's very subtle because 
it took me the second time to catch what because the first time I watched it, everybody laughed and I'm like, what did I miss? And they're like, oh, he flipped off the cops. I didn't catch it. Next time I watch, it, I look for it. Yeah. Um, but it is pretty funny. And uh, it ends up somehow with the Michael falling out of the back of the truck and Tammy rides him in, in the sunset into the barn, which is a cool scene. Like she's riding the dinosaur and um, it, it sort of has that silhouette scene far away. It, it's it's sort of a cool shot for this shitty movie. What's the cool shot? Um, where Tammy's riding uh, Michael. We finally get to see her like riding oh. a dinosaur. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, it, not like it's, you know, um, inspiring or even like great filmmaking, but it's just sort of like, okay, they, they went for like, they actually gave a shit in this scene and, uh, the scene where like the sun is behind them and it's, yeah, I get what you, yeah, you, yeah, they're trying, uh, right. They're trying a little bit and it's sort of like, oh, okay. Like for a second they wanted to actually give a shit. Um, and so they're hiding out in this barn. The cops show up. Um, the scientist shows up. They're sort of arguing back and forth. He's like, I think the scientist is like, you know, it's my, it's my dinosaur or whatever they're arguing. And they point out to him like, well, if it's just an animatronic, like then why does it, why does it speak or why does it think and all this stuff? And there's a moment where they're about to have a shootout and um, Byron borrows Tammy's bra as a white flag and comes out and gives up. Yeah. It's pretty funny and creative, even though it's clear in that outfit, she could not be wearing a bra, let alone like a big white bra. Yeah. But um, they, I think they, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember where it goes from here. Cause this is like the ending. Um, yeah, the they, they do, they do end up shooting him, but they don't really show it. Right. They, they, sh- he falls over uh, but you know it's an animatronic so it's not like he's going to be bleeding or anything right yeah. they have like a sh- they have like a shootout because he comes out of the barn and he kills the doctor you know, it, yeah he kills the doctor so he's dead now so they don't have to worry about him and they, they shoot Michael and you think like oh this is a morbid ending like Michael is dead and of course they're cops and a T-Rex is coming at them you know I mean cops shoot dogs all the time without even you know blinking so of course they're going to shoot a t-rex even though they've been warned several times that it's michael right like they're Mm -hmm. they've been told but they still shoot him and he's pretty he's pretty damn far away because they um couldn't get it to walk of course right Uh, (laughs) i didn't know that but it makes sense yeah he's pretty damn far away i think it's it's really funny that the doctor gets killed by him in the most unsatisfying stupid way that he's right like, out of all the deaths yeah he's in the dark hiding in the barn as if this giant t-rex animatronic wouldn't be like super easy to hear and also i don't think that barn would be that dark at like whatever time it was when they were like let's say i think they're 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 supposed to be at like 4 p.m or something let's say in that yeah in the afternoon yeah yeah and it's like there's no way it would be pitch black and then all of a sudden you could sneak up on the doctor this guy who's been pretty smart throughout the whole movie or pur- purported to be a smart guy uh, just gets totally, he becomes a chuckle fuck in the last second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really don't like the ending to this movie. I think it's pretty, um, uh, the third act is much worse than the first two acts. Uh, yeah, I, it's not, it's not, uh, satisfying. Like they uh, felt like they didn't know where to go and it's not memorable. Like even if it weren't good, it should still be memorable. Um, uh, but like, God, it's just, Everything after the uh, the funeral is just a little worse. Um, yep. 
I think the funeral is where the film peaks. It's dark. It's funny. It, it takes advantage of the concept in a few ways. Um, but yeah, no. And, and so the last scene in the movie is Denise Richards um, doing a sort of strip dance, strip tease, whatever you want to call it. And honestly, they sexualize her character more than they did in the entire rest of the film. Even more than the intro where her and the other uh, uh, girls are um, learning some sort of like, I, I guess I don't want to offend anybody. But the dance struck me as something that a stripper would perform. Um, right. Yeah. Very, cool. very sexy, sexual dancing. Yeah. That's why I was sort of like, is, are they cheerleaders or dancers? Either way, this isn't high school appropriate. We don't need to know. <laughs> this right. film doesn't tell us anything. We're like, who are, wait, what is this? <laughs> is this after school or? Oh, it's, it is it is during school, I guess, but it's her last class. I don't know. Um, yeah. Imagine being Paul Walker in this movie, though. He had such an easy gig. Yeah. He ate a flower and um, grabbed a dick, and that was about it. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm done, man. You're going to have to replace me with a fucking, I don't know, a dinosaur? And he's like, whoa. The director's like, holy shit. That's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so they have Michael's brain in a Petri dish or something? Is that yeah, and they pour a they pour, she pours some liquor into it. Yeah, and that, so it's like an underage brain drinking, like. And he gets sexually aroused watching her dance. Right, and, she has his brain like wired up, like Frankenstein style, to something like, is it a computer screen or something? Yeah, uh, it's a video camera. It's a okay. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. See, you're forgetting details about the last, you know. 10 minutes or whatever that shows how bad the movie kind of uh flopped yeah it's exactly it. i can i remember every little detail until the end which is like shows that you know the ending it didn't land the ending they should have had her just ride off with him into the sunset still as a dinosaur or something like that even though that would be stupid <laughs> at least make it memorable uh, but yeah so she gets in her undies and dances for him and then he is implied to enjoy this so much that he I don't know, sparks are shooting everywhere. Yeah, he has like a brain orgasm. Yeah, which is gross. It's gross to think about. <laughs> and also, he lives a very lonely existence. Where he's just oh, yeah. in her room and waiting for her to come home. He's 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 becoming codependent, for sure. Um, and but uh, they should have brought... I, I, they, they should have couldn't, brought... Like, they they went looking for a body. Like, why didn't they figure that? I guess they killed the the doctor, so he would be the one that could do that kind of transplant. But well, it's funny you say that because I noticed something on the second watch, which is they keep his assistant alive. Mm. He doesn't die. So, and she's she looks sad at the end when he's shot. For some reason, she has a total character change in the last few minutes. So, don't worry. The writers thought of everything. And uh, they wrote themselves out of a corner with that one. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I mean, um, you know, I guess, he, like you said, he lives a sad existence as just a brain. But good for her for being, like, a good sport and staying in a relationship with a brain and going to that effort and keeping the brain oh, she's, alive. Oh, she has girlfriend goals. She's right. She's a really good girlfriend. I mean, except for the whole like getting involved with a guy like that's a lot of drama. If I was the character of Michael in this movie, uh, you know, 
I'm, I'm halfway there uh, with my right. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would stay with her after the whole like first interaction with her ex boyfriend. Um, I'm not. Oh yeah, I, that's not worth it. There's nothing. I mean, it's it would be tough. Yeah, I, I I would at least like tell her to get a restraining order. I think that they imply that he has some sort of restraining order from the school. I think is what the cops say in the beginning. Yeah, like at the fight when they arrest him, I think. They say something about he's not supposed to be at the school, implying he's way older than everyone there, maybe. I don't fucking know. but That's what I assumed, yeah. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be with someone if there's drama, but when when there's someone like that that's hounding them, they need to get a restraining order and, you know, take steps to make sure that, you know, the, the problem is resolved before they're out dating people again. I don't know. Delete right. He, he, he died for it, man. <laughs> Delete this tad. Delete this section. <laughs> no. I feel like a fucking asshole. Uh, no, no, you're right. Because, um, it, we're talking like serious relationship within Tammy and the T-Rex, <laughs> but, um, you know, I guess that's, that's maybe why she's so loyal. And at the end, you know, he ended up sacrificing himself for her. So now she's willing to continue to take care of his brain and make sure that he's, um, sexually taken care of um even though he is just a brain hooked up to a video camera yeah i mean that's love that's love exactly that's you don't get you don't get more uh real than that that's the ultimate message of the movie is love let's right all all you need is love (laughs) that that really is a good message for the i mean that's like the only message of the film is like just love one another even even if you look like a fucking t-rex Yep, and take take care of your uncle, you know, make sure he gets help. What I was trying to say earlier was, like, I wish that they had brought him home to his uncle. Yeah. Why, why would he stay in Tammy's room? She could come visit him at his place, and the the uncle could talk to him. I don't know. I'm really overthinking this. I... <laughs> well that's what try for they her. had the whole scene where, like, you know, like I said, she had the, the whole scene where they were looking for bodies, like... There has if they can keep the brain alive in a petri dish hooked up to a camera, she somehow figured that out. Like it's not crazy to think that they could find a cadaver body and put him in. I know he wouldn't look the same, but he does not. He doesn't even have a body right now, so right. he can't move. Right, he can't do anything. So maybe maybe this is like really dark, and Tammy is holding him against his will because he can't leave. Damn, damn. But we sh- maybe the sparks are not pleasure, but they're <laughs> anger. <laughs> he's like really mad. He's like, I don't want to see this, um, but there's no way I can close my eyes because my eyes are now a, a video camera. He's, he's like, you know, you can't just use sex as a way to keep me here. Like, I want to, I want to go home. <laughs> I want to have, yeah, I want to see my uncle. I want to have a body again. And she's like, uh, 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 you're not getting away from me. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. you're all mine. They're both codependent. Wow. I guess this is this is way deeper than we thought. Yeah. We got to send a letter to the uh director if he's still uh if he's still around. I haven't checked if he's uh, still still around. I know that his last movie was in 2010. Um so it's anyone's best anyone's guess if he's still still alive. I imagine I I wonder I should have looked and seen what the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray has or the 4K they did a 4K version. I wonder if he was involved at all because He's, I mean, if he did Mac and me in this, you know, he has in this humor in this, he had to have a pretty good sense of humor and understanding of what he was doing. So I imagine, you know, he would pretty be pretty cool with it. 
Like he wouldn't be too embarrassed of it, I would say. Well, but both both this movie and Mac and Me have had incredible uh, Blu-ray presentations. Like I wish every movie could get stuff this good. Like the 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 print for Tammy and the T Rex um, on the Blu-ray, and then also on the uh, Shutter streaming service looks great. Um, yeah, and it, it's it's a lot of care has been taken into these movies um the special effects for mac and me as a funny side note they are pretty like self uh what's the word they they treat the subject pretty lovingly <laughs> like i'm not yeah. sure they realize that like this movie is like a cult classic for being so terrible and they they don't really address et much in the special features i think they're like yeah one day the the director was driving home and thought of i don't know they they treat it very um respectfully and like it's like a classic it's a 30th anniversary edition right so they're 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 treating it like a uh a gem i guess you could say but um as yeah and they're acting as if it's in a world where et doesn't exist and they didn't just completely rip it off and it wasn't just a cash grab boy and his alien what a concept (laughs) you know uh yeah but but yeah my my point is, is that it is cool that these movies are so the 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 Blu-ray releases for both of those movies are worth owning. Like I'm definitely going to buy Tammy and the T-Rex on physical release at some point. I, I guess I got a little critical, but I really do like this movie. Um, I'd give it, I don't want to rate it necessarily, but I think it's genuinely like enjoyable. And um, despite its flaws, I think it's really worth a, a watch. Even if you listen to this episode, like Tad said, it's, it's not any, it's nothing compared to actually seeing it. Um, and, I think there's parts of it that are really fun as opposed to Mac and me, which I had a really hard time uh, finishing despite the iconic um, scenes from that movie. I think it's, it's honestly a slog to watch, but this one is entertaining throughout. And um, aside from the last like 10 minutes or so um, it's pretty damn fun. Yeah. At least with Mac and me, uh, if you, if you watch it, watch it with um, the new Mystery Science Theater on Netflix. That's a lot of fun uh, with Jonah Ray. He did a great episode of this of Mac and Me. I love that. Um, oh, I had no but, idea they did that. Yeah, check it out. It's on Netflix. It's on. You know, I think they did one or two seasons of the new reboot and Mac and Me, my, the funniest of the new ones. It's so good. I'll check it out um, uh, maybe after we record because I'm uh, I'm pretty. Um, I got time to kill. Yeah, I I laugh my ass off and um like yeah, it's not it's not nearly as enjoyable as this. This I don't even need like I I, I there's certain movies I really enjoy for how batshit crazy they are that I don't want to watch either, you know, Mystery Science or Rift Tracks. They did one for uh Miami Connection and I just won't watch it because that movie is so much fun without it that I just don't I don't need to hear someone else make jokes on it. It doesn't need them. That's like, why I don't like the riff tracks. I, I can't stand the idea of like taking a money, uh, a movie that's already hilarious and then trying to add jokes. And it's like, like you're, you're talking over something that's hilarious. Like you're talking over right. the movie doesn't need your help um, in, in being funny. So I think that's why MST3K is better than riff tracks. I think they, they select better films for the treatments and, Honestly, I thought that the writing was better on MST3K than the Rift Tracks stuff. That's a generalization, but it's just how I No, I, I agree for the most part. And there's movies where they've 
both Rift Tracks and MSTCK have covered, and I feel like um, they did it much better on on MST3K. So, but that could be its own episode. I Nikki would have to join in on that one because sure. she's a huge huge fan. And um, yeah, I I surprised my friends with this one at my last birthday get together we most likely won't have one this year because of covid i mean we oh. could spread out but it's just, it's just not as much yeah. fun um, <laughs> being sarcastic i was being like oh why not yeah no it's, yeah no it's i mean we have a big enough theater and i have a small enough group that we could possibly do it but it just wouldn't feel the same it wouldn't feel it'd be hard to really sit back and laugh with friends when we're all worried about who's going to get each other sick but um yeah i i i usually how i do it is i gather people and i i sort of go in front and i explain you know what my i, I say thanks for coming out if if a movie i showed greasy strangler a couple of years ago and i let people know ahead of time like this movie is volatile disgusting um very very crude so if you leave i will not be offended but please don't be offended and don't think I didn't warn you. Um, if you're easily squeamish, you can leave and don't feel like you have to stay for me. You yeah. can always talk later. Um, I hope you're still friends after this, but with this, uh, I showed, um, I showed this one first, but I showed some trailers ahead of time as sort of a hint. And I showed, um, I'm trying to think of what it was. That one with, uh, Whoopi Goldberg and the, and the oh, dinosaur, yeah, yeah. Uh, something the- Theodore Rex. Rex. Yeah. Yeah, I showed that trailer and people got really excited that they're going to see that. <laughs> but, and then I showed this and they were even more excited because oh, like 99% of the people at this at this party had never heard of this movie, had never knew it existed. And right. the few people who had heard of it had not seen it yet because I had sort of a um, an early screener of it. And I mean, it had played at festivals and stuff, but it hadn't hit the it was that week it was hitting 4K and Blu-ray. So um people were just stoked to see it. And it's, it's definitely a fun movie to watch with an audience, but it's also uh, just, it's not one that has to be watched with an audience because it's, it's very entertaining on its own. Definitely. It's a, it's a really fun ride. I would um, definitely recommend whoever's listening that hasn't watched it. Just check it out. And if you, if you have watched it, let's, let's start a group chat. Uh, you, me and Tad, and let's all talk about it together. Yeah, for sure. And if you if you want to watch this and you don't have Shutter, um, you can use a promo code I have from our other podcast, um, Attack of the Killer Podcast. We are sponsored by Shutter, so you can get a free month with the promo code AOTKP. Uh, that's a whole shameless uh, plug, but you can use that code, get a free month, and actually check out Tammy and the T Rex for free on yeah. Shutter. And there's tons of cool stuff on there. So oh, yeah. I, I always tell people to get the free month and then you'll be hooked because they, they keep pumping out some good stuff. So, yeah, I, I used to um, not be impressed by shutter, but um, I, I gave it another shot to check out the new season of, or I mean the first season of Crypt, creep show. And mm-hmm. um, I'm really impressed by the foreign films they have. And also like some of the weird stuff that's like, I thought it was out of print and it turns out that they have it on shutter. Um, yeah. Give give it a try. I think that their algorithm for what they put on the front page is still a little wonky, but yes, it is absolutely. But it's hard. It can be tough to find stuff, but um, when you do, it's worth it. Exactly, definitely. I was gonna say something else about Shutter. Um, oh, just as a personal note, this is just now sort of rambling. But you said you loved um, Chopping Mall. Have you watched it with Joe Bob Briggs? Uh, no. 
it's on there. And I know you asked me sort of um, because you're not an like an old school fan, you were sort of asking me about Joe Bob and, and the appeal and stuff. And um, maybe watching that episode with, with a movie you really like and having his insight would uh, sort of turn you on to what his, his um, aesthetic is why people yeah. enjoy him. Yeah, no, I, I definitely have nothing uh, negative to say from the, from the things I've seen him in. Like he was in that uh, in search of darkness documentary. Yeah. He was, in the movie Scare Package, which was one of my favorite movies I saw this year, um, and yeah, he he did an episode of Scare Package too recently. Yeah, um, and I I really like that movie. But yeah, the, one of the things is that they they worship him in that movie. Like the main character worships him, and um, I, I've seen you and uh, Brian, friend of the podcast, and he he was on uh, um, Attack of the Killer podcast for a while. Um, he he talks about the show a lot too, if I recall. The Joe Bob. Yes, he, yes, he's a very big fan. Oh yeah, I just wanted to see what the uh, what the appeal was because I know about Elvira. She's pretty funny, but I'm not like super into into her. But um, yeah, I was just curious what his appeal was as opposed to someone like Elvira or something. What's well, really, I think it's just his horror knowledge. I, I appreciate, and also he just has like this trap, like a steel trap for a mind. Um, Seems like it. Yeah, now now we're not even on the topic, but I think if people are still listening, um, they're they're is okay. But um, I met him last year at Kansas City Crypticon, and I was this was in probably about this time last year, so it was maybe July or August last year, and yeah, it was. And I had tried to book him for the Snake Alley Festival film in um, June of last year because he was going to be in Chicago for a film festival. And I thought, Oh, you know, that's only like four hour drive. I could, if I could convince him to stay like another night, I will have somebody drive, pick him up from Chicago, uh, bring him over to Burlington. He'll do his presentation. He does this, um, how redneck saved Hollywood presentation that he, he tours. And I would have him do that at the film festival and we drive him back and maybe I could get a good deal on him. And we negotiated back and forth and I almost had him to the point where we were like ready to sign. And then I just felt like basically um, it sounded like he did not want to do that many nights in a row. He would be going from a convention straight to Chicago, then straight to Iowa. And he was sort of like, look, I'll do it for, enough money but i don't really want to and i didn't want to put him in a position that he didn't want to so i sort of said look like i would rather have him do it a time when he wants to be here so we'll book it in the future and it there, but there was no hard feelings or anything it just didn't it just didn't work out but yeah. um, when i met him at when i met him at crypticon like two months later i went up to his table and i said you know my name's tad and he's like tad from iowa and i'm like how how do you know that and he's like are you from Burlington? You were going to, you know, he's like, we were looking at doing your show in Burlington, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I've never been, never done the live show in Iowa. You know, I really want to do it, but you know, that weekend wasn't going to work out the best wow. and stuff. And he's like, he remembered my name, like remembered what town I was from. Uh, he asked how the film festival went. Wow. Uh, just incredible. And then, you know, he signed all my stuff and he wrote um, to the drive-in King of Burlington. <laughs> uh, by Briggs. And I was like, Oh, he gave me an official title. So just just a genuine smart um really really nice guy uh he really 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 does care about his fans and his passion for horror 
just bleeds into everything. So, um, yeah, that's, that's why I love Joe Bob. So that's, that's a little bonus on the end of this episode, but, um, we'll wrap this up so people can get on with their days. Cause we're almost approaching two hours on this one. This is our longest one so far. Sorry. <laughs> no, not, no, you don't need to apologize. No, it's just, it's good that we had such a deep conversation about probably the most hollow movie I've ever spoken about on here, but, um, I don't know. There's gotta be something to that where like if, if we could talk about it for so long, there's gotta be something to that. Uh, mm-hmm. or we're both, uh, a little hopped up on, uh, caffeine or something. I don't know, but, um, I, yeah, I think it's a fun, it was a fun conversation for sure. Um, absolutely. Please, please have watched the movie before listening though. I can't imagine <laughs> listening to this without having seen the movie and then us constantly jumping the timeline. Like, well, remember when this happened and remember that happened? I don't know. Uh, I hope, I hope we can get some new, uh, new um tammy and the t-rex appreciate appreciators from this episode yeah absolutely um so before i let you go um uh, i understand that you have a new podcast you just started so i'd like to give you an opportunity to sort of tell people about it where they can find it um what sure. it's about sure so this is a podcast called is this podcast name taken um the title is uh it doesn't really have much to do with the concept of the show, but I just, I couldn't resist it because it's so meta. Um, (laughs) And um, the show is about, uh, I I noticed when I was talking to friends and family during the pandemic, uh, that's still going on, um, that they were developing skills of theirs that they hadn't really had time for before, or they were starting these hobbies that they never would have gotten started if it was for the pandemic and the quarantining at home for so long. So like the first episode, uh, it was with my friend Dan Brown and we talked about trashy reality dating shows, which I got into for some reason after being trapped at home for a while. Um, we've had episodes about, uh, movies, about, um, YouTube food reviewers. Uh, and then I've had people on to promote their music they've released during the, uh, quarantine, uh, stuff. So it really runs the gauntlet. And, um, I, uh, I'm, I'm really proud of a lot of the stuff we've talked about. We did a Black Lives Matter, um, George Floyd-based episode um, because I'm I'm in Minneapolis and it it had happened pretty recently um, when we recorded that episode and I was I was scared to record it because I'm like I am not an authority to talk about this and I'm gonna fuck it up. But uh, my friend Anton Jackson um, guided me through it and um, helped helped talk about a really difficult subject and um it's it's a funny show usually but that that episode um i'm really proud of that for um just the fact that we went through with it and uh yeah i would check out the three episodes i've talked about though for sure those are those are some of our best episodes and um it seems to be getting better every week and tad i I will have you on very soon uh we'll have to figure out something else to talk about um mostly we just talk about this movie all the time. <laughs> right. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's usually every time I talk to you, I'm like, have you watched this recently? <laughs> uh, this movie? Yeah. <laughs> have you, if you watched Tad, uh, if you watched, uh, I almost called it Tad and the T-Rex. <laughs> you watched Tammy and the T-Rex recently? No, no, not yet. I'll be, I'll watch it before bed tonight. <laughs> uh, it's like, okay, just let me know when you've seen it again. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, sounds good, man. No, we do mostly just talk about the, like the latest horror movies or, 
Um, I'll ask you if you've seen a horror movie and get your advice about it. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the show. Uh, and, um, yeah, check it out. And, uh, Tad, thanks for having me on here. I, uh, I, I remember you, you were talking about this concept a few months ago and it's really cool to, um, I just love when people create stuff. I love when people set out to, to do something and they, they do it. And, um, I'm really, uh, proud, proud of you and excited for, uh, each episode of this to come out. I'll definitely listen to the, uh, episode. Um, what, which one did you reference? Oh, the greasy strangler. Yep. I'll definitely listen to that one. Cause that you've got me hyped by that description, but I sh- I'll watch the movie first. So yeah. Cause I definitely spoil that, but I, I appreciate you uh, coming on. I appreciate your kind words and I I've been listening to your podcast. I love it. And it's funny because your, your name of your podcast uh, is not only meta, but it's, true you know because no one else has that podcast name and i'm on the opposite end where everybody has this podcast name and it's hard to find so anybody who will who has any kind of um you know whatever wherever they listen to podcasts on whatever app they'll be able to find yours pretty easily so i'm assuming you're on like everything spotify and i I listen to it on spotify but i assume you're on apple Podcasts, stitcher and all that stuff a few places i will say it's a horrible thing to google um i I checked it out and I'm not on the first two pages yet. Um, I think well, people are probably searching that. Is this yeah. podcast name taken? But like, that's such a dumb search. Cause it's like, just, you're not giving a name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is this podcast name taken? Which podcast name? This one? I don't know. Um, yeah. It's, it's tough to think of a name for a podcast and for anything really, but you can, yeah, I, I saw that was happening with your, your pod, but I guess the secret is, is just to keep, keep it up. I mean, eventually it'll climb up the uh, relevance as more people check it out, and uh, you got you got some good guests. Uh, not to sound not to sound too cocky, but you got some good guests going on. You got Scott Schreiner doing the music. Uh, him him shouting you out during that interview was pretty cool. And um, yeah, I, um, I I listened to a lot of the Death Proof episode, uh, but I had to turn it off because I was like, I'm getting this whole thing spoiled. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, just keep it up, and you'll uh, the cream always rises to the top, Tad. You know, well, I I, f- I just figured, you know, most I'm not gonna have. Maybe I'm just too pessimistic or something, but I'm just sort of like um, my friends and family that know me or the guests will listen to this, and no one's just gonna find us anyway. So might as well just do this. And from what I'm seeing, most of the there's not a whole lot of podcasts just called first time. A lot of it's like first time home buyers first time um parents first right, time right. and they have you know something after it so like uh hopefully and a lot of them seem like they're they're um not active not currently active so hopefully you know eventually it'll it will rise and i i'm i'm just happy that i'm getting it done and i'm i'm stoked that you're doing one too and that yours is quality and it's been entertaining and um informative uh i i hope that you continue it after hopefully after a pandemic hopefully there is an end to it or you know i'm definitely wondering what i'm gonna do after uh the pandemic which is you know a privileged thing to wonder um and it's probably a little too optimistic (laughs) but um yeah but you you left it open with a name you can switch formats anytime and it won't matter you know you could you could get away with it it's it's cool that as as vaccines are being developed i can sort of start to wonder 
okay, what can I do once things go back to, it's never going to go back to normal, but when, right. when things get a little less like COVID is on our mind 24 seven and, uh, we wake up and, uh, the first thought we have is how does my throat feel? <laughs> Am I coughing? Right. Do I have a fever? Did I potentially, you know, get it from somewhere we went to last night? I don't know. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So we'll figure it out. But, um, Thank you very much for your kind words about my podcast. I'm, I'm trying my best. And I I agree with what you said about, like, the main thing is that we're just getting it done. You know, I, uh, I'm i not I'm not getting, like, gangbuster numbers right now, but that's really okay because I can say, I can go to bed and, and say I'm proud of the uh, stuff I'm doing and I'm proud of uh, the stuff you're doing too. So, you know, that's that's the best thing. And uh, if, uh, if Spotify gives us a huge podcast deal and that's just gravy yep i'm good we're gonna be up there right next to joe rogan um it's gonna be a lot of fun (laughs) exactly (laughs) we're i mean i don't get why he gets such a big deal when i'm talking about important things like uh tammy and the t-rex but you know yeah sometimes life isn't fair i don't know man he he would love this movie that's how we're gonna get on there we're gonna talk about it with him exactly (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again for coming on. I can't wait. I'm going to have you back on another episode where we've already have it um, in war in the works, and I'm sure you'll be back yes. on again because uh, I want you. You know, you and you're going to suggest something to me, but in the future, I'd like again, even maybe something different that's not even a movie, like you know, something completely out there. Like I've already had people. Um, wanting me to take a jujitsu class, uh, trying food. Uh, people are already getting ideas, and it's. I'm afraid it's going to turn into like, let's see how we can torture Tad podcast. But um, it's like out of a horror you know, movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, if if that if that's what it morphs into, that's what it morphs into naturally. But um, it's been a blast. This was a great conversation. And again, thanks for coming on. And uh, I'll talk to you sometime soon. All right, it was my pleasure, Tad. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, talk to you later yeah talk to you later thank you for listening to the first time podcast please remember to subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to the great podcasts thanks to scott schreiner of weezer for our intro and outro music and last but not least remember to leave us a review that's how we get listeners so like share find us on social media and let us know what you think we'll see you next time on first time podcast listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media the pfpn hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com thanks for listening